Welcome to New Hope and the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. I met John. He started the church at Ephesus. Let me just dispel a myth. People think of John as the wimpy disciple because he was the beloved disciple. The Romans and the Pharisees had just put Jesus on the cross and Jesus on the cross looks at John and says, in this environment, take care of my mama. Do you trust a wimp in that environment? John was a bad boy. Pastor Randy continues our beloved series from the book of Revelation. But today you'll hear and understand Revelation chapter three from a different view and voice. Turn in your Bible now to the third chapter of Revelation, starting Randy with verse 14. 14. And after the reading of the word, Pastor Randy. To the church in Laodicea, and to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works, you are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich. I have prospered and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel to you, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. May God bless the reading of his word. Y'all can be seated. Nice, nice outfit. It's a good look. I like that look. Well, can you just keep doing that? Um, it's really good to be with you guys. Um, I'm with you every week. You, you may or may not know that. Some of you, sometimes in the middle of the time that you're worshiping, might get a sense of it. And for some, no, but... You know, we prayed that prayer on earth as it is in heaven. You know that's true. It's real that that's going on. Look, let me introduce you. My name is Ephraim. Um... I'm the bishop of the church at Laodicea. And last Sunday, I was with you. I know you have 5G, we have one HS, Holy Spirit. And, and it's a much better connection. And we're able to actually be in thousands of churches at one time. And last Sunday, I was with you worshiping and Gabriel flies over and, and goes, hey, Ephraim, next Sunday, I want you to go preach at, at New Hope. These pastors been trying to get a special guest and it didn't work out. So this is 
this is a Sunday. I mean, he's been with kids all weekend. He needs a break. He's probably asleep right now or something. And uh, so why don't you go and preach? And, and that I really like, that's really nice. Keep, just keep doing that. Because that in heaven, that's the way it is. Like there's, there's prophecy and, and that's being proclaimed, not for the future, but it's being proclaimed as being fulfilled. And, and there's prayers going up and there's worship all the time. I um, so I, so I said Gabriel. Um, it's hard to say no to Gabriel. By the way, he, you know he's Gabriel. I'm, I mean, you know he didn't even need a name tag. Like everybody knows who he is, and and but then everybody knows who everybody is in heaven. He goes, he goes. Yeah, I want you to go. I said, okay. Well, see, like the angels, they're here all the time. Like sometimes you know, sometimes like again, you kind of get a sense of it, but most of the time you're not aware of it. So they have a whole wardrobe department. So he said, just go to wardrobe and they'll tell you what to wear. And I said, I don't know what to wear. I've never been back to earth. And he goes, well, just dress like Daniel. So, um, so you know, I, I don't think I did this right. So, yeah, I, I don't think I did that right. So, so I was a, I was a um, disciple of Paul. I can say that proudly. You know, in heaven, we can use the word proud because it doesn't come with all the stuff that it does here. We can say proud. It means joyous and glad and happy. I was a disciple of Paul. I was with Paul a lot. You can read about me. I'm in Colossians. I'm in Philemon. Um, Being a disciple of Paul was a lot of fun. You did get thrown in prison a lot. I was in jail with Paul a lot. I I was in jail with Paul when he wrote the letter to the church at Colossae, that was my church. I started that church. And the church at Hierapolis and the church at Laodicea. When you're in prison with Paul, though, it's kind of fun because, you know, it doesn't change the food. The food's bad. But Paul would sing all the time in prison, like all the time. Little man, Paul was not a good singer, okay? Okay. And he would love to sing that thing out of Philippians. You kind of like sang it today. And, and it, was, it was about um, at the name of Jesus. And it doesn't matter that you're playing a different thing because Paul couldn't sing on key anyway. Uh, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ. And he would go up to the bars and go, is Lord. And the guards would come down and they'd take their sword out and run it across there. And they'd say, Paul, one more time, and we're coming in there. And Paul would laugh, little man, big laugh. <laughs> I've seen the scariest thing in the whole universe, and it ain't you, buddy. He came to me, struck me blind. I ain't scared of you. Nothing to be scared of of you. And then Paul would go, and Paul's reputation preceded him. Paul would go, do you feel an earthquake? Because I feel an earthquake. And they put their sword away and run away. Now you, do you want to stay up here? Like, do you want to sit down with your family? What do you want to do? You want to go sit down? But don't be long, okay? Because I'm just going to talk for a little bit. And then I want you to come back up here and do that some more. Because that's nice. All right, okay. So, I do want you to know a couple of things here as as we read this letter today, 
to my church. This letter to me. If you look at verse one the, of chapter one, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the apocalypse, the, the, the understanding of the bigger picture of everything in the whole universe is what it's saying. See, we knew how to live. We knew what we were supposed to do and not supposed to do. The gospels talked about that. The Sermon on the Mount talked about that. Paul's letters talked about that. And by the way, every letter in the New Testament, Paul's letters, Peter's letters, John's letters, Jude, all of them were in light of the fact that there was a risen Jesus. They knew that. You know what we didn't know? What was gonna happen at the end? We didn't, Jesus talked a little bit about it, but we really didn't know exactly what was gonna happen. And things were getting bad, really bad. At Pergamum, our bishop got killed. Most violent way, you can read about it. There's kids here, I'm not gonna tell you. Horrible. It was, listen, this was, this was, what, buddy? Just tell you? I'll hang out for a little bit after the service. I can tell you more than that, all right. The revelation of Jesus, the reality for Paul was that everything was in light of a Jesus that he had seen. The most powerful presence you could ever, the, the most powerful thing in the universe, the scariest thing in the universe, but was your friend. You don't have to be afraid. Let me tell you another thing. There's a book called Philemon. You guys, you guys talked about reconciliation last week. I'm glad to be here with you and see that you guys are already starting to figure this thing out. Because you know in heaven, it's that way. There, there isn't a section. There isn't a different section for different ethnicities nor denominations. There are a few people that show up and they think their denomination's in the front, but they're not. No, it's just, it's just, we're just together. Paul, you see, I was there when Paul wrote Philemon to a slave owner. When Paul wrote that, he was in chains. I was next to him and he was in chains. When you read Philemon, remember that. Remember that Paul was often in chains. So Laodicea. Laodicea was an amazing city. We had everything, and I mean everything. We were rich. We were not, we were not as lost as like Pergamum, Thyresia. We, we were not like that. We... We didn't necessarily, we weren't the big city that Ephesus was. We had heard about this letter coming, by the way. And, and when it started, it started in Ephesus. Of course it starts in Ephesus. Everything's in Ephesus. They're the big city. They're Atlanta. We were Grayson, maybe between. Uh, we, we, were the, we were the little city. But we had, listen, we were proud of our little city. We did well. 
We had money. We had lots of money. We had, we had linens. I, this, I couldn't bring anything with me, but it was a lot like this. I got this here. Beautiful linens. You, you could go to our markets and people came from everywhere. And then there was this big thing we had, nobody else really had. We had this eye salve. It was kind of like Lasix meets Botox. You could put it on and you could see and like your eyes would go like that. And I see people on your televisions looking like that now. And, and it, was, it was amazing what it could do. And Aristotle had come through about 400 years before and had discovered this there. They're selling this. And when Aristotle's your pitch man, you can sell some ISAF. Matter of fact, some of the people said, Aristotle's finest, ISAF. People came from everywhere to buy that stuff from us. It was incredible. I mean, Laodicea was a great place to live. We were self-sufficient. In 29, I was just a tiny kid. I don't really remember it. But we had, a, we had a, an earthquake, and the Roman emperor said, I'll send the REMA, the Roman Emergency Management Agency, to help you. And, and our, our local king there, kind of like the mayor, he said, we don't need you. We're good. We, you're from the government. You're here to help. We'll, we'll be fine on our own. You, you stay away. We're going to be fine. We were great. We had two challenges, two big, really big challenges. Here's the first one. We were basically on a plane. We were essentially indefensible, so we got really good at negotiation, or you could say compromise. The, the other thing, we, we didn't have water. I could use some water right now. Um, we didn't have water. Makes me thirsty just thinking about it. I mean, we, we, we didn't really have a good source of water. Hierapolis had these springs. They're actually still there in Turkey, what modern-day Turkey. You, you can go there, and there are these hot springs. And it's almost boiling, and people would go there. They thought it would make them feel better. It was like a mineral thing. Good for your skin, good for what ails you. Signs out, out front. You know, you'd try to get in, the, try to get in there. The, the other thing, Colossi had cool springs. So listen, you can make lemonade there. And had we had coffee, you could have made coffee in Hierapolis. Although it was kind of minerally, it kind of had that little sulfur thing. But if, can you imagine what the church in Acts could have done if we'd had coffee? Well, we could have made it in Hierapolis, but the Romans came and they got these big tiles. You can go look and see them, they're still there. They had these tiles and they went from, from Hierapolis to us, but then Colossi's like, hey, we want some hot water. So they ran it all the way to Colossi, but Colossi Springs got connected to it and it would kind of meet right there in our town. And there was this place you would go, it was this big tap thing and you could open it and, and you, could, you could get the water there. But you'd have to like put it in, a, you'd have to boil it and take it home and put it in a jar and let it cool. So you play piano and bring me water. Let's see. Let me see. Is this Hierapolis or Colossi? It's Colossi. That's so nice. That's Colossi. We um, had heard about this letter 
makes its way around the route, gone through Ephesus. It had, it had gone to Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyresia, Sardis, Philadelphia. Is our turn. Courier got to my house late at night. Every city would make a copy of the letter. I was hearing about it. I hadn't seen it yet. I opened it back again in chapter one at the end of verse one. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John. Bam, John, John's alive. I met John. He started the church at Ephesus. I met John. Okay, let me just, let me just dispel a myth. People think of John as the wimpy disciple because he was the beloved disciple. The Romans and the Pharisees had just put Jesus on the cross and Jesus on the cross looks at John and says, in this environment, take care of my mama. Do you trust a wimp in that environment? John was a bad boy, son of thunder. It didn't surprise me that John was the one who had survived because he was tough like that. But he also could not stop talking. And it surprised me that he had survived for that. I knew when Paul died. I knew when Peter died. I was amazed that it didn't happen to me. John's alive. All the apostles have been dead for 30 years. John's alive. I love John. To the angel of the church in Laodicea. That's me. I'm reading this parchment by candlelight. I'm holding the candle way far away because I don't want any wax to drip. I'm reading the parchment to the angel of the church at Laodicea. That was me. The words of the amen, it means the final word. Nothing else needs to be said. When Jesus speaks, nobody else needs to speak. So be it would be our response. The faithful and true witness. We've noticed in heaven in your culture here that sometimes your news is slanted in different directions. Faithful and true witness. There is no narrative in any direction with Jesus. Faithful and true. The word witness, the word we said was martyria, from which you get the word martyr. To be a witness meant on your life. Faithful unto death. And most of the time it meant that. The beginning of God's creation. <laughs> I, I remember with, I was with John one day and we were near Colossae and, and he was writing about all that was. He said, this is what the Lord told me. Through Jesus, everything that was made was made. Without him, nothing that was made was made. He goes, do you see the hills? Do you see the fountains? Do you see the animals? 
He's the beginning of God's creation. I read that and I thought back to that day. I know your works. <laughs> Here it comes. Because in the other letters, this is what would happen. The first thing is, I know your works, the good things that you've done. We're Laodicea. We have got it going on. This is gonna be great. He's talking about, this is to me. I wanna remind you, this is to me, to the angel, not like this kind of angel, okay? The messenger, that's what that means. Those angels, they come here. We don't, we're in heaven. We worship. I know your works. The pattern was very clear. Something good, something bad, something to work on, something about Jesus that's beautiful, and then kingdom, something about the kingdom. In every one of the letters, it's got that pretty much. A couple of minor changes from that, but almost every time. Ephesus, they had left their first love. Smyrna was going through tough times. Pergamum, it was like your Vegas on steroids. Thyracia was worse. Sardis, like almost no one's doing it right in Sardis. And then Philadelphia. Listen, do not get on the Roman road behind somebody from Philadelphia. They cannot drive. But they love each other well. And in Philadelphia, he says nothing bad about them. They love each other well. He says nothing but great things about the church in Philadelphia. So this is the thing. Whoa, I get this. We're the last church. We're the best church. You know, we're laid. We got it going on. We're the best church. It's gone bad. It got really, really bad. Now it's getting better. We're on the ascent now. Philadelphia is good. We're better. You're neither cold nor hot. Hmm. Not what I was expecting. Okay. This is probably what he's saying. You're neither of those. You're both of those. You're cold and you're hot. And I mean, we're better than Colossae and Hierapolis put together. Would that you were either cold or hot. With the way it reads in the Greek, there's an emphasis at the end of that sentence. Would that you would be cold or hot. In English, it's an exclamation point. Verse 16, this is written to me. So because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. He had said it three times about the cold or hot, in some ways four times. You're lukewarm. I've been really, really thirsty and gone there at the city center and taken my cup and put it up where the water comes out and taken it and taken a drink. I've done that very thing. You can't. It's the warm and the sulfur and you're thirsty, but it's not satisfying. It's, it's worse than your thirst and you spit it out. <laughs> Verse 17, for you say I'm rich. I've prospered. I need nothing. 
not realizing that you're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. We thought we had it all together. We're not like you. We don't have K-Love, nonstop YouTube videos of preachers all over the world. We didn't have a building like this. We didn't have music like this. We didn't have anybody that does what you do there. We tried. But we had everything. I counsel you to buy from me gold. <laughs> it's why I picked this up in wardrobe. Gold. Refined by fire. Let me tell you how it works. I've seen this happen. The smelters would do this. You, you go and you get the gold out of the ground. The gold out of the ground has is, is got stuff in it and you take it and you put it in the fire and it burns everything that's bad away. And here's how you know gold is right. You can look at it and see yourself. It's that way with Jesus, you know. When you have his gold, you can see who you really are. Not your gold. Not, not your gold makes you see some image of you that isn't what you really are. Gold, refined by fire so that you may be rich. And white garments. We had these sheep in Laodicea. Go look in history, it's there. We had these sheep, that we, we had these black sheep. We could make little black dresses and, and black shawls and all kinds of things. And people loved black. They said they looked thinner in it. And, and, and people wanted to buy it. So they would come and buy this. But Isaiah 61 talks about wearing pure white linens. It means righteousness. So that you may clothe yourself that the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. <laughs> and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Because we didn't see. It's right there in front of us and we didn't see. At this point, I had pushed back from the table. I didn't want to run the ink of the letter with my tears because this was to me. And then at the point of lowest that I felt like I could ever be in my whole life, at the point of disappointment, I'm Paul's disciple. I'm the bishop of this church. As this church is, is because of the way that I am, they are like I am. And I knew it. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. You know, the, you know the coach never chews out the kid that doesn't play. So be zealous and repent. The Pharisees were zealous at people. 
They were good at walking into a room and they could say, you're doing this wrong and you're doing this wrong and you're doing this wrong. Zealous at people. This is saying be zealous and repent. Search. Look. Let me show you and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. I think about Jesus standing at the door and knocking, not ringing the bell. Thank you, whoever did that over there. Not ringing the bell, knocking. And calling out the name. In the back there, Caleb, he doesn't go, Caleb. It's not his voice. Betsy. It's not his voice. You remember chapter one? What's his voice like? Roaring waters? Everybody in the neighborhood knows he's at your house. But imagine this. The president comes to your house. Or if it's better for you, the president before this one comes to your house. Or if it's better, the president before the last president comes. Or go pick one somewhere that you want to come to your house. And he knocks on your door and he yells out your name. Would you go, I'm busy. I'm binge watching. I've got to sweep the floor. I'm doing my aerobics. I, I'm, if the president came to your house and knocked on the door and roared out your name and the whole neighborhood heard this, you wouldn't, first of all, be ashamed. And what would you do next, Don? You're an elder. You'd open the door. Good answer. All right. You pass the test. You, you open the door. But how many times do we not? How many times do we say, I'm too busy? I, I have this to do. I have that to do. Our, our sin wasn't the big sins of Pergamum or Thyresia. That, that wasn't our sin. We were just self-sufficient and busy being self-sufficient. That was our sin. And he says, I'll knock. Not like a shameful lover that comes and sneaks in the back door, but like a triumphant groom who walks to the front door and says, I'm here to get my bride. To the one who conquers, you're gonna learn more about what that means. It just means being faithful. I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Can you come play that piano again? I'm almost done. 
I will grant to him to come sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. You do realize you're dead at this point when you read that, that, that you're dead here, verse 21, which you all will be in 100 years. Let me tell you about heaven. You're gonna read about heaven a lot. This is one of the things that this book, this revelation, this, this picture is about, is about what heaven is. See, whether you die quickly or the doctors told you years before, you get to that point and you're a little bit afraid. I know, I died. You get to that place and you know it's close and you're afraid. A little bit. You don't want to say it, but you are. Because, not just because you're going to close your eyes and, and be dead and you're worried about what's there. Because you're confident about what's there. I promise you it's there. We're here now, right? We got here somehow. You know how we got here? because everything that was made was made. You know who made it? The one who's there. Don't be afraid. But you love people here. They matter to you. They're gonna miss you. They're gonna grieve. And you close your eyes and you open your eyes. And when you open your eyes, and you're gonna read about it in this book, what you see goes beyond any, listen, over and over and over again, it says in this book, I heard something and what he heard was not nearly as beautiful as what he sees. And what he sees is not as nearly, he's using words to describe something here that's unimaginably beautiful. And you're gonna get there, you're gonna open your eyes and you're, and it, here's the first thing, there's a book there and your name's in it. And you know what it means? You're in if you don't see the book, it's a different sermon. Listen, there is no St. Peter at the pearly gates. Bad news, it's John the Baptist. I'm joking, I'm just joking, I'm just joking. It's just a book and your name's in it. That would freak people out though, wouldn't it, if it was John the Baptist? No, it's just a book and you're there and you step into it, and you see all of it at the same time. The way it describes it, the sapphires, the gold, the emeralds, the, it's the most beautiful things on earth describing something that's more beautiful than anything you can imagine here. And you look and you see it all, and it's beautiful, but that's not the most beautiful thing. That's just, that's just the accoutrements of the beautiful thing. That's like the salt and the pepper of the steak. By the way, you know that thing? Do you know we eat in heaven? Do you know that every time in scripture that Jesus shows up after he's resurrected, he's either showing up to a meal or he's cooking? Go read it for yourself. The Baptist got this right. And you walk in, and it's a celebration with music and food 
and laughter and everyone you love. And somehow, you look and you see beyond the billions and billions and you see, and the most beautiful thing there is not a thing, it's a person and it's Jesus. And he sees you and across the billions and billions and billions of people, he calls your name and you can hear him because his voice is not little. Caleb, no. It's roaring waters. And he calls you. And you go up. And just for a second, you might think about the shame. But when you get there, this is what you hear. You hear Jesus speaking to the Father, making intercession for you and all of humanity throughout all of time because there's no time there. He can do that and you can sense it and you can hear it and you can understand it at the same time. And the father looks and he says, all of that is on you and it is to tell us die. It is paid in full. You are forgiven. And it says right here, and I say this to you guys, no matter how old you are that miss your father or those that never had one to miss or never had one that you really could miss. He says, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I sat down with my father on his throne. You're sitting on Jesus' lap on the father's lap. It's in the Bible. Read it for yourself. And that's heaven. Amen? That's heaven. And the other stuff is beautiful. But that's just the accoutrements. Jesus, the Father, the Spirit, that's what's there. Jesus will not be your mascot. And when you see him for the first time, you'll understand how he's not your mascot. He's your master. He's Lord. So if you're old or you're sick or, you're, or things aren't right here, or don't be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. If there's people there that you love, don't be afraid. You'll find them on Jesus' lap. And by the way, in heaven... Paul can sing. So can Buddy, by the way. <laughs> Praise Jesus. I've heard him. Would you pray with me? Lord, as we would today receive these elements to remind us that you are with us always, Lord, forgive us for forgetting that you are. When we're afraid, when we're proud, when we're lustful, when we're angry and mean, when we see people in a way that you don't see them. Lord, we would pray today as we receive this cup that reminds us of your blood poured out that forgives us, this bread that reminds us that you came to the earth and you had a physical body, a physical body that, that could get sick, that could hurt, 
that could be wounded, but yet you had a covenant blood that could take on our sin. This morning, as we do that, as we remember, Lord, I would pray that we would remember as we worship you that, that we are not just here. We are here with you and you are here with us and, and all of heaven is with us in this on earth as it is in heaven. And one day we'll understand exactly what that looks like. But for now, Lord, never let us make you our mascot. Never let us settle for treating you even for a moment as anything less than our majestic God who is worthy of our praise. And Lord, as we live these days, as we worship, as we grieve, as we try, Lord, let us remember to enjoy the blessings of this earth, the feel of cool water on our feet, the feel of warmth on our face in the morning, the sound of a dog jumping into the lake, the, the feeling of going down a bicycle on a hill, the sound of a 454-inch cubic inch motor downshifting, the taste of chicken or salad, the, the sound of a baseball hitting a bat flying into the stands when it's our team that's hit it. Lord, let us enjoy those things. The touch of our lover's hand. The sound of our child crying in the night because we know all they need is us. The laughter of a, of a boy. The sweet words of our daughters. Lord, let us enjoy those things. But never let us forget that those are a part of all that you've given us. But never let us mistake those things for you. Because you're even better. In this name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. I'm Myrna Brown.